Uh, morning everyone and uh, welcome to this event on voice commerce. Um, my name's Jen, I'm Brands Esther at The Drum uh, and for today's session um, I am joined by Raja Rajmanar, uh, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Mastercard and President of the World Federation of Advertisers, Stephen um, Lurick, Chief Executive at the WFA and Fred Thomas, um, Co-Founder and CEO at FastUp. Um, so today the WFA launched um, a comprehensive study uh, into consumer attitudes and behaviours towards shopping and searching for brands using voice assistants like Siri and Alexa. Uh, it has also launched uh, a voice coalition um, which the group being led by Raja designed to help brands navigate this space and sort of understand the trends um, and, and how to approach it in their own organisations. Um, so the way today's session will work, uh, we're going to have Stefan take us through the research and then Fred is going to delve into some of the trends. Um, and then finally, Raja is going to give us his point of view um, and how he's approaching it at his organisation. Um, and then we'll wrap up with a brief chat um, where you guys can ask questions as well. Um, so thank you. And Stefan, hand over to you. Thank you. Um, so maybe just a bit of background to uh, why we decided to, to run this survey. Um, when, we, when we asked our members uh, in the run-up to Cannes um, how they feel about voice, um, 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 a, a relatively tiny percentage tell us that they prioritize it today. Um, uh, however, when we ask them about uh, their priorities for the next three years, it's actually in the top four priorities for global brand owners to get their heads around um, voice and voice commerce in particular. Um, we, we wanted to explore um, voice commerce um, on the basis of the penetration of uh, voice assistance and we want to do that uh, from a brand owner perspective. So the piece of research we're going to be talking about here today is actually the first um, and most important GAFAM independent piece of research um, uh, with respect to voice commerce. Um, the way we did that is um, we, we basically um, took a, um, a sample of 1,500 people in the US and in the UK and we augmented that with a qual group in New York. Yeah? Um, um, what's interesting when you, see, when you look at voice is, um, is the speed at which uh, the penetration is, is increasing. Yeah? So voice had a penetration of 0% in 2015, okay, that's four years ago. Um, moved to 9% in 2016, 18% um, in 2017, 26% according, according to Forrester in 2018, and is forecast to be at 55% in 2022. So this is going to be getting very quickly critical scale. Um, so uh, we, what, what we found um, um, f um, through that research is that people um, which um, are using voice assistance still use it for relatively um, um, uh, common tasks. No, it's, it's about checking the weather, it's about checking the news, the sports. Um, that's, that's still the, the way it's being used. But those who use it, use it actually um, uh, for 77% daily, so which is no, um, significant, and 49% several times a day. So you can see that even as for relatively uh, benign and, and, and common tasks, there is actually um, um, there is a, a, a pretty frequent use. Voice commerce, as we define it, which is checking on prices, um, adding a product to a shopping list, putting a product in a cart, 
or purchasing a product via voice is still relatively in its infancy. Yeah? Uh, so the, the, um, we found out that on that sample, 35% of people um, um, have checked um, um, uh, prices through their voice assistants. 30% have actually put it on their shopping list. 18% have put it in their cart. And 15% have um, have um, have actually purchased um, through uh, voice assistance. So we're still talking about a relatively limited um, um, uh, number of people. And when we when we ask people um, um, why they actually use uh, uh, voice assistance in, in that context, the reason they tell us it it makes my life easier. No, so it's 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 a it's a reminder. Putting it my on my shopping list is when I'm busy in my kitchen and I'm thinking of stuff I need to get, and I just put that um, on my shopping list. Um, it's it's easy. It makes their life easy because it allows multitasking, and um, and it's it's much more straightforward than, than drafting a, a a shopping list. So these are sort of um, um, pretty um, um, important reasons in terms of convenience, which lead people to use it. Um, um, when we ask them why um, those who don't use it, so that 65% which have never used it for voice commerce, why they don't, the obstacles seem to be pretty uh, low. Um, um, and pretty minor. Um, they tell us they haven't gotten around to it yet, they haven't thought about it, a few told us that they were still expecting the technology to be improving, but overall the indication is that these are pretty low obstacles to them actually moving into, uh, into, into useful voice commerce. And uh, um, when we ask them in terms of um, um, how, whether they would envisage in, in the near future to be um, putting a product um, in a shopping cart and to be purchasing. So um, near future being you know, in the next two to three years, 67% of people told us they would envisage you know, using it, you know, um, uh, their voice assistants to put products on a, on a, in a shopping cart and 60% um, um, in, uh, to, be, to be shopping um, through, through, through voice assistants. So we're seeing today um, a, a pretty um, 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 a straightforward um, and common use of those voice assistants, and we're seeing a lot of appetite for it to become um, to you no know, to move to much much bigger scale um, in the near future. And uh, about the barriers to complement to. Um what Stefan said, we compared with the uh, e-commerce barriers 15 years ago mm -hmm. and the, e the barriers to e-commerce were much higher. There were huge issues of trust, uh, huge issues of uncertainty, uh, um, uh, the, use, uh, the, the habits were far from uh, uh, what we have now in terms of digital habits. So that's why we are saying that the, the barriers are very low even compared to, uh, to e-commerce, so the, yeah. the potential is great. And the, the question uh, is, uh, okay, but what type of products do they, uh, do they buy? Right now, the, the products that they are buying are mostly the products that are uh, um, repeat purchase, uh, low price items. So uh, you see uh, in, the, in the categories, uh, it's like commodities, uh, so food and groceries. Uh, it's the, the highest with 42% uh, uh, of, the, of the users, uh, uh, voice commerce users have uh, used it for voice and, uh, and groceries. Uh, you have also small electronics mm. um, and small technology. Uh, we are about around 40%. Uh, 
And then um, you have uh, fashion and apparel, video games, toys, pet food. Uh, also is uh, is very high around 40% have added a, a, a pet food uh, product into their cart personal uh, cleaning products and domestic cleaning mm -hmm. so all the FMCG uh, of the world and the small technology are going to be really impacted uh, mm -hmm. by this and again it's because of what uh, uh, what Stefan said it's because uh, the current usage it's uh, okay uh, it's a uh, heading to the shopping list so mm. it's something that you put on your shopping list and usually it's FMCG so the question uh, now uh, uh, about the future uh, it's it's not going to change uh, a lot and when we say it has a lot of potential it creates the question of the relationship and the trust that the the consumers uh, put into uh, Alexa and Amazon, for instance. Uh, the research was focused on Alexa and Amazon, but uh, obviously voice commerce is broader than that. And so we see that Alexa users are very open to Alexa taking a, a more active role uh, into their uh, into their them selecting brands. Only 10% uh, of the people are rejecting it, but the rest, we have like 68% who say that they would trust Alexa to recommend the brand and the product that uh, they thought are more suitable for them. It's a, it's a high percentage, 68%. And uh, among uh, 16 to 34 years old, it goes up to 81%. So there's no question about the fact that they trust Alexa to recommend the brands, even though uh, Alexa would recommend Amazon brands if it's appropriate because 77% have no problem in Alexa recommending Alec uh, Amazon brands. Uh, when it comes to the type of requests uh, they are going to make to Alexa, it's, it can be very different when you say, okay, uh, buy me uh, Duracell batteries or buy me batteries. It's very different. And uh, when we ask them to project themselves, they say that half of the people say, uh, well, I will uh, ask for a specific brand. And uh, about half of the, the, the people say, uh, I, I, will, uh, I will rely on uh, either on uh, what is called Amazon Choice uh, or uh, uh, the, the fact that Alexa selects my previous brand uh, in my history or top search results. So basically half they say uh, uh, I'm I'm going to uh, to give uh, a specific brand. Half will say I'm not going to give a specific brand, and I, I will trust uh, uh, Amazon. And the more people are planning to use uh, uh, voice commerce, often uh, the more they are relying on uh, on uh, Alexa and Amazon. And uh, and so. This trust into Alexa, what we have to see is that obviously they give it for, they say for low value purchases. Uh, when it's about uh, uh, 10 US dollars or less, they say they have no problem letting Alexa have a big, uh, a, a, a big role in their purchase. Um, but they say that also if they are uh, convinced uh, that they can trust um, uh, Alexa, they will uh, extend this trust to higher purchase. Mm. So it leaves the question of, uh, for the, the brand owners, uh, of uh, uh, the importance of uh, the Alexa algorithm and the fact that it's, uh, it's fair and uh, uh, because the, the importance will be, uh, will be very high.
interesting the stat that 67% of people say voice will be really important to them in the future, but that it's a low priority just now for marketers. Um, so, you know, Raj, maybe you could jump in here. Um, you know, from a, from a marketer point of view, how do you, how do you get this to the top of the agenda um, and, and get the investment? Yeah, so from my perspective, different companies are in different stages of evolution, right, from a marketing perspective. The more progressive ones are clearly seeing voice coming as a huge wave. There is no running away from voice. Uh, and if you see the statistics that were just shared by Stefan and Frederick, it's, it's amazing how fast it's actually going in. So I think it becomes uh, an imperative. It's not about I may do it, I may not do it. You have to do it if you have to survive. That's number one. Number two, because it is such uncharted territory right now, as a CMO or as a marketer, you need to know what your game plan is going to be based on whatever your hypotheses are about this particular evolution. Now, for example, a tangible scenario from MasterCard's perspective, right? So we optimized our brand visually quite a lot for the digital environment and the physical environment. But looking at the change as far as uh, voice is concerned, we created a sonic identity. We didn't start doing it now. We started this two years back because it takes time to really perfect things and optimize in any given situation. So we launched our Sonic brand after two years of work about a month back. So that was our first situation where, uh, like what, for example, Stefan is saying, you uh, are doing the entire transaction without looking at any screen, mm -hmm. whether it is the weather or whether it is the item for recommending a purchase or making the purchase, whatever. There is no visual real estate. So how does a brand show up in that space? So when voice is the only medium, sound is the way you have to be present as a brand. So this is the sonic branding effort that we have done. Second, we also started We also started experimenting about how we should be looking at uh, getting into the purchase stream. So we have got an offering called Priceless Cities where we make experiences that are truly once in a lifetime be available for purchase on our website. So we launched our Alexa skill for the first time uh, just about three, four days back. So these are the kind of things that we are experimenting. And I know speaking with a number of my other colleagues as well, other peers, uh, everyone has got some thinking around it. Some are more well on the journey of making things happen today. Other people are still thinking about it. Yeah, that's true for WFA members from what they've fed back to you around this voice and priority. Yeah, you know, I think um, I think WFA members aren't necessarily going to be reflecting uh, the average of the industry in the sense that we have in our membership 100 of the largest global brands, so they tend to be usually more progressive in, in their approach. And so on the basis of the conversation we're having with them, I would definitely say that voice is today already, as, as, as um, Raja was saying, a, a strategic priority. Um, it, it, it is going to be changing significantly the way people engage with brands um, beyond anything we've seen so far. And, uh, and there is also a question in terms of um, the role of the voice assistant in, in that relationship. You know? um, and, um, and so that's, that's certainly something they need to get their heads around and understand how they can uh, thrive in, in that environment. So to your question, I, I see actually a, a significant number of our members uh, already prioritizing this today. Um, I'm, I'm interested in this sort of um, C SEO 
dilemma that's going on with these platforms, as you say, these algorithms, um, unless you specifically ask for the brands, um, could throw up anything. Do you think it could eventually become a sort of pay-to-play um, situation on these um, voice commerce platforms? Uh, well, I will only speak for myself. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> history has, has shown that <laughs> when GAFAs get uh, uh, something that is valuable, they find a way to, uh, to monetize it. Uh, and the questions are, how do you monetize it? Uh, it's uh, either you, you make the advertisers pay or you get your brands uh, uh, ahead of the, if when you have your own brands. Uh, so that's a question that is still open, but yeah, you exactly probably know part of the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would argue that we are no, we are at the very beginning of this, um, and and it requires actually brand owners getting their heads massively around this. And so this is why we've announced um, today the the launch of the Voice Coalition. So we are opening this to um, any brand owners which want to join that effort in order to us, for us to dig much deeper into into voice. I think what we've seen. In phase one, is that there are plenty of reasons why we should be prioritizing voice going forward. Um, we we think there are actually opportunities linked to that for brands too, but brands need to understand the dynamics of this. They need to understand um, the consumer mindset um, in order to be winning in that environment. And we think we are at the very beginning of uh, of understanding this, um, and so we look forward to um, I think also to be engaging with um, with with Gafam on on these on these themes. Uh, they are going to be well placed also to help us. Um, 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 get um, get brand owners to understand the opportunities and embrace it. Yeah. So, from my perspective, uh, to your specific question, uh, there is obviously going to be something which is organic and something which is paid, just like it's there in any of the you know, digital environment today. And I don't see voice being any different. How exactly it manifests is to be seen. Uh, and a typical media company does not necessarily produce its own products in the, you know, for example, search environment or whatever. Uh, but in this case, like Alexa, you have got Amazon producing its own products. So there is an uh, extra layer of conflict that is out there. And it'll be interesting to see how that conflict will be resolved into the future. Uh, but particularly the categories that were listed, whether it is the FMCG companies, packaged goods companies, or it's a small electronic companies, these are the ones who will get impacted the most at the beginning of the journey. And they have to be very watchful. And to Stefan's point, they need to get their head around. They need to paint various scenarios of what are likely to emerge and have their strategies ready in place. And as an association, it will be our responsibility as well to work with these digital giants and make sure that everything is a fair level playing field mm -hmm. for everyone. Yeah. You said you're on this journey, Raja, you're phase two, having just launched your Sonic logo and Sonic yeah, brands and the skill. What's the next steps You know, on, on MasterCard's journey here? See, from our perspective, uh, A, we want to be uh, a part of the movement which will not only just react to what is happening, but hopefully shape things as to how they evolve, either through our participation in studies like this. The first scenario when you want to formulate your strategy is to know what the reality is. Now, the, kind of the study that has just been done under the auspices of WFA is a beginning step off along those lines. 
so one is to understand quite a lot, and we are trying to understand both through this study as well as our own proprietary work that we are trying to do at the company. The second, we are trying to prepare for various uh, solutions from a technology perspective. Voice skills is one aspect of it. But we're also trying to see how does AI play in this uh, scenario. How does neurology or neuroscience play? Like, for example, there could be some kind of behavioral change that consumers will have in a voice-only environment compared to an audiovisual environment or a visual environment. So we're trying to study and understand those and what the implications could be for marketers. Uh, we're also trying to see from a brand perspective, how do you show up? And this is our first step was the launch of our Sonic brand, the way we have done just now, but that will keep evolving pretty significantly. Uh, and also try and see how we can get into the stream of consumer interactions and enable a seamless experience for them. Uh, because at the end of the day, when consumers see that it is convenient, it's intuitive, and it is something which is really making their life better and different, that's where it will be uh, taking off. And we want to be a part of it. And voice is not just in terms of smart speakers only. When you're talking of Internet of Things, tomorrow you'll be talking to your refrigerator and asking it to reorder whatever. Or it, your, your washing machine, you'll be talking to it to that. Or you're in a connected car and you're actually interacting with voice. So voice has got a very broad scope. And so, and, and that's like an ocean. We are trying to uh, uh, take it into buckets and then figure out uh, what are the basic principles that are at work and how do you really be prepared uh, to take advantage of those in the right way. Your, um, internally, like your team structure and this, how many people do you have working on voice day in, day out, um, and, and how much resource yet do you have? See, uh, I wish I could answer that question. Uh, obviously, we will not uh, disclose uh, these kind of things in public forums. But rest assured that when I said that we have been working on Sonic branding alone mm -hmm. for two years, working with significant uh, you know, uh, big names in the industry like Mike Shinoda or uh, Camila Cabello, they are not inexpensive and we are working with some of the top composers and top musicians and musicologists. We are investing in this space in a big way and that's just for the Sonic brand. Then we are a commerce enabling company. So that's another big stream of act activity that is happening. And uh, third, we also have as a company bought uh, a couple of uh, made acquisitions of artificial intelligence companies and they are sort of getting their feet wet into this space. And we also partner pretty actively with other companies who have got either the IP or the assets and then see how we can potentially leverage those and join hands with them. So it's a multifaceted effort that's happening as far as voice is concerned and it's a significant priority for us. Well, um, open to everyone, but what, what other brands um, do you think are doing really interesting, good stuff in this area that are, that are sort of excelling? Is there any that, that springs to mind? I mean, what, what, what struck me was the, to see the skill of, um, of, a, um, of a pharma brand which was offering the opportunity for people to understand the allergies of the day. Um, and, and on the basis of that, to be you know, adapting you know, their medication and potentially their, their physical activity. I mean, you, you can see how, how some of the skills which are going to be offered on voice assistance are going to be incredibly compelling mm -hmm. for individuals. And I think that's where, that's where the future of marketing is. You know? it's, it's make brands meaningful at the right time for the right person. 
and and that offers a huge opportunity and this is why I think what we're saying here is we want to be exploring the potentials of voice of course there are going to be challenges and, and Frédéric was mentioning a few, a few of those but there are also huge opportunities to make actually marketing simply more accessible more relevant at the right time for people and, and I think that's that's what we're excited about um, it's, it's interesting to see that in that environment it's probably going to be even more selective and even more brutally competitive among brands because no, whenever whenever you request, you don't have actually you know, 10 options which are going to be offered. And so um, that, that certainly makes it even more compelling for, for brands to be thinking about it very carefully. Yeah, when there's only voice, you have only one option. And when it's a, it's a device with a screen, it's only three options. Mm -hmm. So that that makes the, the task uh, quite difficult and uh, it shows the importance of the topic if uh, if this uh, voice commerce usage grows a lot. Mm, yeah. um, does anyone have any questions? I'll throw it open to the floor. <coughs> <laughs> I need a mic? Yeah, we'll get your mic. Hello. No. Can I just shout? Right, I'll shout loudly. Uh, Raja, you say that uh, brands need to invest in this space in order to survive. So how then would you say that other marketers can start to prioritise their budgets and actually start to experiment more with voice because they're probably a little bit, you need to be quite brave to get there. So how would you advise that? Yeah, see, I, I think you should look at this not only as a new medium for advertising or for getting your brand there, but it is a new channel through which either you're going to inform yourself or make your purchase decisions. So if you're a brand who is selling something, particularly in the consumer space, right now I think the voice commerce is more pronounced and predominant in the B2C space, but who knows, tomorrow it might also expand to B2B space in a meaningful way. So in that context, I think companies have to really start thinking, investing is not necessarily in terms of dollars. It's in terms of quality time to think about it and strategize. From my perspective, for example, B2B could be a phenomenal opportunity. And if you were to think about what happens in an office context, whether you are in the procurement side, you are in the administrative side, or whichever, there could be some fascinating opportunities. And I'm not sure how many companies are already ahead of the curve or already preparing to take advantage of that. And I think that's a question of trying to be innovative and stay ahead of the game, as opposed to putting lots of dollars. That's number one. Number two, in the B2C space specifically, I think CMOs, marketers, first and foremost, they have to educate themselves. There is a lot of material out there, but there is a lot of misinformation also out there on voice commerce, for example. You need to educate yourself, inform yourself properly. That's number two. And educate your team too in the process. Number three, partnerships. There are a lot of companies, today what happens, uh, I briefly refer to artificial intelligence, right? Everyone and their brother who comes to you with a pitch says, I'm AI-powered. Everyone is AI-powered, right? And when you start scratching the surface and going a little bit out, there isn't any AI there. It is just a talking point for them. It's, you know, and so you've got to be careful and mindful of those kind of offerings, but you have to start talking to vendors. You have to start talking to partners. Like, for example, uh, we partner with some of the car companies to help them evolve their connected car strategies as an example, right? And there could be lots of such opportunities which are based on the category that a brand is operating within. 
to see who would make natural partners for them in this ecosystem. Strengthen partnerships, divide and conquer. And I think that's how you have to approach. Because money, you really don't know where it's going to go and how much you have to spend on this. Uh, so, uh, so that's what my overall uh, you know, approach would be or recommendation would be to marketers and to CMOs. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Just, um, you know, obviously Raja is two years ahead of the, the game here. So if you're just starting, what, what would be the first step for you? I mean, first of all, I'd say I'd say the when you, when you look at what happened since uh, since the beginning of this century, uh, the first the first decade was Google, the second decade was social, and the third decade was probably going to be probably voice. And so the the role of WFA is is to help brand owners accelerate their learnings by 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 connecting with the collective intelligence experience <coughs> of their peers, and that's really what we what we do. For living, that's we do. That's our promise to, to brand owners, and that's I think exactly what is needed here today. There's going to be probably a lot of experimentation going on, probably on a relatively small scale, uh, with no with with uh, with successes and failures. And we want to be helping markets just go faster, fast forward their learnings in terms of finding the right path for them. I think that's going to be what we're what we're thinking to do. And this is particularly true when it's the beginning. Uh, when it's the beginning of a phenomenon, uh, the impact you can have by getting together and doing research is, uh, is huge. Uh, I remember 20 years ago I was uh, head of uh, digital marketing for Procter & Gamble and uh, we had like a group of companies that uh, learned together uh, on uh, internet advertising and it helped us going faster uh, at this very early stage. Then, after you do your own research, but uh, at the early say, stage, it's uh, it's a, a huge advantage to go together on issues that, at the end of the day, uh, are the same for everybody. Do you have any more questions from, from the floor? Thank you. What's the biggest issue you faced throughout, throughout during the creation of your Sonic brand, if you can say? Yeah, of course. Uh, biggest issue is that it is unknown, uncharted waters. Right? There's a lot of things that you don't know, both about sound, about voice, uh, and about the environment. Uh, and for example, when you're creating a Sonic identity for your brand, it's not like creating a jingle. Right, jingles have been there for God knows 70, 80 years at least at a minimum. So it's not about creating a jingle for your brand. Uh, it's not about creating a sonic signature like what, for example, Intel has done for years and years, decades, literally, very successfully. What is the comprehensive architecture uh, that you need to have for your sonic identity? To get to that point was probably the biggest challenge for us. Uh, because you need to understand what could be the scope. Where all do you want to show up? How do you want to show up in a non-annoying, non-irritating way? Right. So we, for example, uh, started off boiling the ocean literally and trying to prioritize because you can show up as a sound for the brand anywhere and everywhere that you want to. But then we had to rationalize, we had to prioritize because you want to show up and be present but not be annoying to the consumer. You should not be intruding that experience. So from that perspective, we started off and we came up with you know, just three layers at this point in time. We have a sonic melody that we have created, which goes as background to all our uh, advertisements, as an example, or it will go into our events. We have to keep playing it at our events and sponsorships and so on. It will be as ringtones 
uh, when people, employees, for example, if they want to download it as a ringtone, it'll, it's a fun ringtone. Uh, and uh, then we said there'll be a sonic signature too, so which is a subset of this melody. And that ends with all our, our, all our ads end with our sonic signature. And then we also have an acceptance sound. Each time your MasterCard transaction goes through successfully, you will hear the sound of MasterCard. It's 1.3 seconds. The key thing is you have to be careful. Like, you know, imagine that you are a checkout clerk at Walmart. And when people are paying and makes that sound of MasterCard and there are hundreds of transactions happening, you should not go crazy. So we have to be very careful that it has to be non-annoying, it has to be pleasant. And you have to bring a variety uh, so that it does become stale and monotonous and therefore tedious. So we had to really look at all this. So every single area you have to think in a 360 way and that's an intense exercise. So. Time for one more question. Um, yep. Yeah. Hi there. Um, do you think there's an opportunity for brands? Um, so, if someone's making a more considered purchase that they wouldn't do with a voice assistant, do you think there's an opportunity for brands in store to use voice with things like um, the Google Assistant and wireless headphones, for example? Uh, so, if I can just take it, then I'll pass it on to the other two. Uh, the answer is yes. See, if you look at the entire purchase decision, you do research. For a considered category, for example, you want to do research, you want to compare, you want to do stuff. And today you do it in an audiovisual or a visual environment at a minimum in an audiovisual uh, uh, scenario. Once you get to, once you get used to the concept of doing things hands-free and with your voice, even some simple thing like a dictation, People have stopped typing into their mobile phones or into laptops if they know how to do dictation and because the thought flows much better and it seems so much more effortless. In the same way for search, for doing research, all that I think can easily be enabled and effectively be enabled by voice. Uh, and the challenge from a brand is, unlike in the case of a visual situation where you can process multiple things at the same time. So there are 10 things on the screen, you can look at that, second choice, third choice, whatever. In the case of voice, you don't have that. You only process things linearly, sequentially, one at a time. You might get bored after you listen to the second. You might not even go to the third, fourth, fifth recommendations or uh, points. So the entire uh, chain of decision making is going to dramatically get altered and that's what Stefan was earlier referring to as well, right? So we need to understand. But point is, voice is going to play a phenomenal role for search, research, and purchases. That would be my point. Nice place. Oh, <laughs> one, one more, one more. <laughs> uh, just if uh, you talk about ads briefly as part of your sonic branding, how do you see um, the channel eventually opening up to advertising uh, formats, or do you think that's several years out? Uh, my guess is it's not several years out, it's much, much closer because it's an opportunity waiting to be tapped, in, tapped into, right? As a brand, if I'm marketing packaged goods, say a detergent, I want to be right there up front. I don't want to wait till the ecosystem becomes big and complex. I want to be there right from the word go and I want to be there as the number one recommendation, if not number one choice for the consumer, right? And uh, so from, for me, as a marketer, that's an opportunity to show up. For the media company, that's a phenomenal opportunity to monetize. So they won't wait for years for this to happen. I think 
Advertising, getting into voice commerce is much, much closer than three to five years. Much closer, I would feel. Uh, I have a, a last point on uh, the fact that right now the experience of voice commerce is still very basic. Uh, it's like uh, the WAP experience uh, on, uh, on mobile phones, if you remember the WAP. Uh, when there was WAP, if I, I was asked, uh, would you ever go on the internet with your phone? I would have said, mm, not sure, looking at the experience. Uh, with the billions of dollars of investments in AI, the new skills that are, that are happening, the fact that um, the, the Alexas of the world will not only be on uh, the, the devices, but as you said, on the fridges, etc. This is going to, uh, the experience is going to change completely the way that uh, we have now the internet on uh, mobile phones. And so th that tells you about we should not think about uh, voice commerce that is, as it is today. The experience would be much better, and that's why it has a big future, because the consumers will uh, use it in a way that is much more natural than right now. Um, well, yeah, I think that's a, a good place to end. Um, so I'll just ask you all to um, yeah, give the panelists a big hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.